Casual, the gaming podcast where we talk about games casually. I'm your host, Sedge, and I'm joined by my co-host, Lightsaber Ninja. A.K.A. King Keiko. I just remembered my microphone is on the other side. <laughs> and Control Freak. Good evening, folks. And Twilight. Hello. And we're here to talk about games and stuff. And stuff. Only stuff? As, I mean, it is. it be how it is. We go on our lovely tangents from time to time. That's just how it be, you know? It be how it do. Always fun. Uh, so what you guys been playing this week? Uh, Well, for the most part, get it out of the way. Warframe, you're here. I love you. I'm going to put you off to the side. Uh, <laughs> see if these, you're here. Just... I love you. I'm putting you off to the side. Just tuck tuck your children into bed. Just sleep tight. Yep. I'll be back. <laughs> Daddy's just got to run out and get some cigarettes. Oh, God. oh God. no, no, I'm not. I'm not doing that to them. <laughs> oh Lord. Uh, I didn't say you weren't coming back. I don't know. That Jesus. was that was the implied. That was definitely the implied. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, the the other two games that I have been playing have been uh, Dead Cells, which nice. I think I've talked about before but not too in-depth. Um, it's a roguelike, as seems to be kind of the kick over the last year and a half. Lots of roguelikes had come out, um, where you get a menagerie of weapons. You start off with a random weapon. Could be a sword, could be a bow, a shield, um, whole cacophony of things, and you're trying to go through a literal dead city. Like, got eradicated by a plague and everything is undead and coming back to you know, to eat everything pretty much i'd um, like to point out you are also like a living pile of snot inhabiting a corpse you well you're a cluster i i presume it's a cluster of ectoplasm and yeah you you take over a headed corpse to go and do your thing um one of actually one of the uh because they did a recent update for it so they've started adding more lore to it so you actually get some background as to what had happened. Um, but I like the little comedy aspects because there will be points like you'll come across one of the vendors and behind them, there's this pile of corpses and you can walk up to the corpse and inspect it. And the character looks and is like, huh, these bodies look really familiar. Oh, wait. And it <laughs> just cuts off there because your guy basically realizes, oh, these are me. Um, or you can come across a junk pile, inspect it, and it'll say, you know, some of this stuff looks really familiar. And hmm. pretty much alluding to all the vendors just steal your shit when you die. Yeah. Um, but I, it's it's a fun game, start to finish. Uh, I've gotten to the final boss. I have yet to beat him. God damn it. <laughs> I mean, it... It is like Dark Souls level difficult, but it's a side scroller and it is fantastically like like the controls are fantastic, the combat's fluid. I love Dead Cells. Yeah. Um It is my favorite pick up and play game on Switch. One one of the aspects that I really like from it is the like your level up. Cause you don't your character doesn't necessarily level up by the more stuff you kill. You find stat upgrades and you can upgrade one of three stats. Brutality, uh, I think it's brutality, survival, uh, survival, and technique. 
red, green, and purple. Um, mm-hmm. But different weapons become stronger based on which stat you have, which stat is higher. So you might find a weapon that is green and red. So whichever stat is higher notates how strong that weapon is. Um, and then you might find something that's actually colorless, which it will take the stat of the the highest stat to base its damage on. So it takes a little bit of planning. Like you might find something you really like and start building up towards that, but you might find a weapon later on in the game that just blows the damage out of the water of what you were using, but it uses a different stat. So it's not as effective now. Um, right. So a lot of fun, easy game to just dump hours into. 100%. It, it is one of those games that's super easy to pick up and play and enjoy. It is very difficult to master. Yes. Especially considering there's a fuckload of like instant kill death traps in that game. Um like you'll well by that I mean like you'll jump wrong and land on a bed of spikes. Yeah. But it's not instant kill. Uh you'll the you spikes t- were instant kill. Nope, you take a shit ton of damage from them, but it's not instant kill. Same with the uh the pitfalls. Um but just like Dark Souls, when you get hit, you notice you got hit. Like you you can get chunked early on. Um once you start getting more items and amulets, stuff like that, you'll start getting a bit more survivability. But early on, you take a hit, you take that hit. You die. Yeah. Pretty quick. Yeah. Um the other game I have been playing has been out for a bit. Uh kind of released and then just got uh, Honestly, it went by the wayside for for a uh, time. Real quick, Dead Cells, procedurally yes. generated. Mm, uh, it's seed-based. So yeah. not so um, it a... is randomized, but not procedurally <clears throat> done. Well, the procedure usually is more uh, put together than just randoming. But, no, I wanted to make sure I was thinking of the right thing. There is a really, really good... Uh, GDC talk from one of the programmers about how they make the uh, about how they make the levels feel more handcrafted than usual and what they had to go through to do that. Yeah, well, and and that's the the thing with because procedurally generated is where you start off in one room. When you go to the next room, that room takes its shape. Then that is yeah. that would be procedurally generated. Seed generation is you have like it'll be a string of 25 characters. That is your seed code. Yeah. You can get that exact same run by putting in that seed code again. Yeah. So it it's it's not necessarily procedurally done. It's randomized based on that seed code. Same thing with like uh Minecraft. Um I'm trying to think of a proper procedurally generated game that I have played in recent time. Because not like uh, Binding of Isaac was not procedurally generated. I thought no, Binding of Isaac is procedurally generated. Nope. Seed based. Really? Yes. Well, they say No Man's Sky is procedurally generated. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but that also runs off of seed. uh, Not necessarily. The... So... I think what theirs is, it's not necessarily seed-based because like, if a planet is undiscovered, it hasn't been created yet. So the yeah. first time you go to the planet, it is being generated then. So that is procedurally generated. 
once it's been created, they will assign a code to it. So the next player that goes there, it is still the same as the previous player that found it. So that's kind of a, that, that's more of a combination of procedural into C. I mean, sure, but for both all intents and purposes and our listenership and all of that, I think we're getting too into the weeds on trying to be very specific about it. Well, but the, there is a definitive difference between mm. the two. I get that, but mostly in, in things that I see and read too, procedural generation and seed-based are lumped into one category that they separate from random generation, and they consider it all just generated. In a sense, yeah. And, and there, like, there are very few games that are truly random. Any game that tries to go full random is kind of fucking itself. Well, yeah, because the, the processing power of <clears throat> constantly gener- constant generation... I just just because uh, of the unpredictability. Yeah, unpredictability is not too bad. Um, actually, a game that I believe would actually classify as procedurally generated: Risk of Rain. The original Risk of Rain, not Risk of Rain Two, because uh, Risk of Rain Two had predefined stages that you would go to. But the original Risk of Rain, every run, the world map was different the platform setup, the scale of the world, each time was a different setup. No matter how many runs you did, there was no, uh, there was no seed key associated to it. I yeah. believe FTL is also procedurally generated because the way the planets are laid out on the map is different every time. Yeah, but I just, don't all I wanted, setup. Yeah. All I wanted to add, though, was just there's a really great talk from one of the programmers on okay. that cell. I'll have to, I'll have to uh, look that up. Yeah. Um, but no, for the other game that I've been running on, uh, and I played a little bit a couple weeks ago as well, Rage 2. Oh, I didn't know you actually picked that up. It's part of Game Pass. Oh, right. Because uh. I'm the weirdo who bought it before that was a thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I've gotten access to a lot of different games for Game Pass. Like, I actually picked up Metal Slug X, I think it was. I played it for about 20 minutes and uninstalled it. <laughs> the that controls, sounds like what most people do with Metal Slug. The, well, that's the thing. I loved Metal Slug in the arcades. I loved Metal Slug on the original console. But for some reason on PC, the controls just don't feel comfortable. I don't mean, know why. Can you play it with a controller? Probably. I could probably have set it up. But this was, this was just something I was like, oh, it's free. I'll, I'll pop it on. So I didn't I didn't give it too much time. Um, I don't know which one it is, but there is a recent Metal Slug that has been just hated. Uh, well, well there's the at some point. There's the new Contra that everybody universally fucking hated. Sorry, I just tried. Yeah, you know a what? A lot of, of a lot of side scroller shoot 'em ups have been having bad reboots lately. See, the new Contra wasn't yeah. a side scroller though. It was like a top-down Diablo-style. Twin yeah, stick. I mean that's why it was a reboot I mean. of the, yeah. the uh, genre yeah. idea. But no, for Rage 2, I popped that on, and I enjoy it. I I like the large-scale map. It never feels too large, because you, you have to drive everywhere. There's no fast travel in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first started, I, I was a little dismayed at that. I was like, oh, this is going to take forever to get to half these places. And then I got in my car, and I started driving. And I kept driving, and I kept finding new things to investigate. Hmm. And more lunatics to kill. 
and then another thing to investigate and kill. <laughs> and so it you get lost in the game. It has I wouldn't necessarily say it has the wanderlust of like Skyrim or Fallout. Um I mean, it's got the desolation of Fallout, but uh, the world is sparse enough that you never get too distracted. Like, you know where you need to go, and there's a clear path to get there. Unlike with Skyrim and Fallout, where it's like, all right, I'm traveling to the next place I need to go. Oh, what's that? Oh, what's that? Oh, what's mm. that? What Ooh, was I doing? Candy. I just Ooh, have candy. Yeah, and it's like you have 20 additional quests that you now have to dig through. Whereas with Rage, it was like, Oh hey, here's this here's this encampment. Well, I just cleared out the encampment. Cool, sweet. You're driving along to your objective. Another encampment. Sure. Clear it out. It's not like you're getting new quests and it's like, okay, where which which one of these was my main quest? The guns, I enjoy. Uh the pistol took a little getting used to because when you're not aimed down sight, it uh it's a single shot. Or it when you're not aimed down sight, it's a three round burst. When you're aimed down sight, it's a single shot. But the scope for the single mm. shot is such a pain in the butt to use. Like, I don't know why, but I can never get headshots with it, even though a headshot with that is almost a guaranteed kill. Um, but all the guns feel really good for their overall usage. Um, and their cool. new, uh, like, the, the actual rage mechanic where you go into overdrive is a lot of fun to use. It gives all your weapons a boost. It gives you a melee boost. So it's really fun to just shoulder charge into someone and then kick their head off, basically. They turn Is this your first playthrough? Of Rage 2? Yes. Oh, that's really interesting. A lot of people were a lot more, like, everybody who played it seemed a lot more mellow on it. Granted, it did come out at a point in time where there were other games. Yeah. But, uh, but I haven't heard about it since. So, like, as you continue playing, give the occasional update, because I... I I just want to hear about it. I think that I think that it's a game that got a little overlooked personally. No, it definitely did. I, like I put hours into it and then uninstalled because I was out of hard drive space and wanted to play something else. <laughs> um, but the one thing I will say, like you know how Doom 2016 basically turned the brought back the run and gun old school shooter. Yeah, this does that. Adds superpowers. So like. When you're fighting, like you're in combat, you feel like a god because mm. you can turn people into soup. Yeah, you you have like special abilities. So one is like a gravity well. So you launch it next to an enemy and it will pull the enemy as well as other objects into this little cluster and then detonate. Well, like Guardians of the Galaxy. Kind of. Mm -hmm. um, but the thing is, if you snagged an explosive barrel in that gravity well when it detonates so does that barrel so That's i've had cool. points where i launched into a cluster and one dude threw a grenade before i launched it it snagged the grenade and just chunked everything and it was glorious awesome. it was it was a blood fountain basically um or you get like you basically get a force push that you use on armored enemies to blow off the armor that they're wearing to make them highly susceptible to shotgun shells. Okay. Close range. <laughs> Real quick, type of person who believes that that kind of power should be in every game ever. Force pushing? Yes. It was my favorite magic in the first Fable game. Obviously, I used it in Force Unleashed. Uh, in, uh, in at least three of the games that are in my head, it exists as a power. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and, and that's the thing, like, 
I've gotten to the first major town. I think there's four major towns, your original starting town. Um, and then I think I'm guessing that later on, there's going to be like a fifth region that you have to go to and there'll be a small outpost there. Um, but like I got there and I started doing the main quest line mission and it was really good. Like they, they do a good job of fleshing out different characters. I will say like, there are points where you feel like your character is highly indifferent towards all of them, but it makes sense in the narrative because your character is like, yeah, I, I'm a badass ranger, but this is an entire wasteland full of people that would happily shiv and shoot me for what I'm wearing. So I'm going to go through this and I'm going to take care of what I need to take care of. I'm not so worried about everything else. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the character too. Like when you first meet her or him. Yeah. Them. <laughs> that actually, that intro made me laugh the first time I played it. Cause it was like, all right, choose your character. And it's like, you choose between a male and a female. And my first thought was, okay, so they're probably like siblings and you're going to do your thing and they're going to do their thing. You'll run into them later on. Sure. Fine. Whatever. And then when you pick your character, the door blows up and pastes the other character immediately. Yeah. Yeah, you think it's going to do like an Assassin's Creed Odyssey thing where like you can either play as Cassandra or uh, Alexios, I think is his name. I can't remember. Yeah, and basically... You Nobody know, remembers. <laughs> yeah, everybody remembers Cassandra because that was essentially the character you should pick. Yeah. From what I've seen. Um, but yeah, they show up later and you fight them or do something depending on your choice. I don't know, I didn't play Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It didn't interest me at all. Yeah. Um, Which is it, a shame because it was Greek mythology and I was super down with that. They had a and lot of good with that. Yeah, but it's not the same when you're sailing on an old Roman warship versus, you know, a pirate galleon. <laughs> but it's a Greek warship. You have a Remember, he has a pirate fetish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was a nice little uh, expectation subversion where it was just like, all right, the character you didn't pick is now dead. And your character's response to that is pretty much better you than me. Yeah. Hmm. As you pick up a gun and go out to start shooting stuff because your compound so, is under assault. Yep. Well, thank God that wasn't me. Moving on. Um, yeah. So well, I'm glad that's what I've been up to. <laughs> I'm glad you've been enjoying Rage 2. It's, it's something I've been meaning to get back, to, back into. It's worthwhile. Uh, Light, what about you? What you been playing? Uh, so before I get into my preliminary thoughts on the game that I just started, I have an addendum to add to Donkey Kong. Okay. I, now, I feel like I explained it okay enough. I don't, I don't know what else to say to it, but I, I, I realized something as I was playing through the game, and I had to share it with you guys, and it's something that I, I, I don't mean to have people in mind whenever I'm thinking this up, before recording and stuff, but it's something that I genuinely, I genuinely want to hear Control's take on, or something that I think might interest him. But I, I also know that it, it'd be up your alley too. So, you know, in a side-scrolling platformer like Mario and all that, like the blocks float. Even Sonic, like like the land masses float or whatever. Yep. Okay, nothing in this game, no platform floats by its own volition. 
Yeah, they're all held up by some kind of support or something. Or there's something in the background that's moving that keeps it moving. Like, everything is so tied together intricately. It's just, it's one of them things that when once once you've played a level enough that you're less focused on not dying and more focused on, like, you know, you can look around at the backgrounds and stuff. Like, it is crazy how intricately woven together these levels are. And then each level on, a, on, a, on an island, you know, with its own theme, they also kind of tie into each other. How like, so? Uh, so on one, there was a level where... Uh, in order to get things going, you kind of crack. It's a frozen level, but in order to get things going, you you crack a rock, which splashes down, and there's a little bit of lava in that level. On the next level, you activate a machine that kind of fucks with shit in the background, but it's just to add electrical uh, uh, dangers to the level that you play. But by the time you reach the next level, it's all lava. Like you have essentially broken the mountain. And okay, it's like, so, I didn't uh, even realize that was happening as I was playing. Yeah, so the level progression, like, what you did in the last stage technically created the next stage. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to hype it up because it's all very subtle thing. Okay. But once you do start noticing, you're like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, it's real neat the way that everything just kind of flows together and feels organic. All right. That, that... That's always the best kind um, of level design for anything is when you it, – it's like Dark Souls. You see something yeah. in the level, it's like, I'm going to be able to go there at some point and kill something. Don't you mean and die I, there? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, I reiterate, this game was made by Retro Studios. But even saying yeah. that, like, I think that they have even bested Nintendo at 2D platformer design. That's a bold statement, Cotton. Now, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to throw – the hat into the ring that I gushed about earlier in the year, Bloodstained, Koji Igarashi, and the Metroidvania-style games. But but that game perfects 2D Metroidvania. Yeah. But that, yeah. like, the, well, your earlier idea of, you know, no platform is free-hanging. And, yeah. like, I never, I didn't think about it until you had mentioned it, because they do something quite similar like that's the same way that even old castlevania games were like um i was actually thinking back to castlevania 3 um you're climbing up the ruins of the castle and the gaps in the uh the platforms you're walking across coincide with the gaps in the background of the wall oh yeah so, i mean that's just, that, just an idle thought like it. when you were when you were talking about that i was like you know, how many other games have done that? And now that I think about it, it's like Castlevania games were all about that jam to add yeah. to the ambiance, I guess. But it is kind of few and far between enough that when I noticed it, it stuck out. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you have like Mario with literal floating blocks. Although if you mm -hmm. look into the lore, technically those floating blocks are the citizens of Mushroom Kingdom. That you're murdering. Pretty much, yeah. Mario is a monster. <laughs> so it would seem. But uh, sorry sorry to pull away from that. I apologize. Did he die? I think he died. Oh dear. Take note. <laughs> yeah, well, um well, well we wait for him to not be dead. Twy, <laughs> what have you been playing? Mostly just Stardew Valley. And how are you finding the Stardew Valleys? 
it's a lot more tolerable now that I understand how to fish. Isn't there only <laughs> one Stardew Valley? Yes. Or are we yeah. talking multiverse? Like your Stardew I... Valley is different than her Stardew Valley. I mean, technically? All video games take place in a multiverse. I it's mean, official. there is a function where apparently there are five different farms on the location of one farm, so for all we know, there are five different universes. To be fair, that is how uh, Doom Eternal is going to end. He's just going to go through the multiverse, end up in the Stardew universe, and then end up in the Halo universe, and it's going to be Doom Guy versus the Master wait, Chief. Wait, is... What the heck would a Doom I... person do in Stardew Valley? I need to find a mod for Doom Guy in Stardew Valley. <laughs> I'm sure to, it exists, and if it doesn't, we can make one. So yeah, to, so when he chops down the tree, he busts out the shot, the uh, the chainsaw, <laughs> cuts it down. If there's a stump left, he pulls out the shotgun and just blasts it. No, that's how he plants seeds. It's a he pulls out shotgun. the super shotgun and just shoots that wait, into wait, the ground. How does he fish? <laughs> oh, I obviously with the BFG. I just imagine he throws the ball into the water grenades yeah <laughs> oh, oh. If, if you go into the mine you mine by using the bfg you just want him to use the bfg i, feel I like really he would want use... him to use the bfg if he was well, mining it'd be you... the rocket launcher well now you understand what your first game project should be make a mod for Mo stardew valley modding <laughs> doom guy into stardew oh lord only if he moves with the same speed he lives <laughs> move faster than your rockets yeah sorry uh i feel like Control was just about to talk about how the bricks are people. Yes, I I, I jumped into that and we discussed how Mario is a monster for technically okay. killing the citizens of the Mushroom Kingdom by breaking blocks. Yep. I desperately had to go get some coffee and I mistimed my phone's low battery. <laughs> oh no. Uh, but yes, well, Mario is a psychopath. It is uh, a fact. But anyway, so yeah, addendum to DK. As for what I've actually been playing, I just started The Witcher. Did you toss him a coin? Oh, God damn it! <laughs> toss a coin to your Witcher oh, Valley. You know, I don't know what the fuck that is. It's from the show. I haven't seen the show, but the oh. internet is just full of the meme of toss a coin to your Witcher and just God damn it. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't had the opportunity to see the show either. Yeah. It's the greatest uh, song of our generation, Control. Uh, a comedian that I happen to like. Song. <laughs> a comedian that I happen to like uh, had a tweet about how every woman's asking her man to do the Witcher voice now. <laughs> um, well. And then uh, Masako X, who does the voice of Goku for Dragon Ball Z Abridged, he, he did a cover of Toss a Coin to Your Witcher, but I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I mean, Personally, I would prefer Adam Jensen. I hate just, both of their voices. No, I for some reason I like the slight the 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 gravelly tone he always has, and it, it it's just and admittedly it's always because he has a genuine disinterest in everything, and probably because half his vocal cords got destroyed in an explosion. Yeah, yeah. I never asked for this. Just that Wait, constant okay. gravel. Here's here's the here's my and I I love human revolution um that's the first one right yeah well yes the third one but first one, you <laughs> we, know. we don't talk about the first two well we we yeah. talk about the first one not the second one. yeah the second one we never speak of um 
anyway, I love I love that first one. I haven't had a chance to play a sequel to it. But, like, I remember my first playthrough of there. It immediately was dead to me because of his voice. Because he sounds, he's got a cool voice, but no emotion. And the thing that bothers me most, and I hope to God, I, I, I pray and I hope that this ruins all future playthroughs for everybody. But random conversations with different people, he switches to a Boston accent. I've never noticed. I never, I, I never noticed the, in my playthrough. Where you'll see it, where you'll see it the first time. The, the 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 most visible place that you'll see it is when you try to talk your way past the police officer who did shoot the kid. Huh. You got to get into the police station. Like, you can go a million ways, but one of the ways you could do it is try to talk past the desk cop. If you handle that conversation uh, and you either, the, the whether you uh, actually talk your way through it or if you just, like, stress that dude out and piss him off, because there's multiple ways that conversation could go. But those two in particular, you will hear the most Boston in his accent. I'm going to have to pull that up and, and look that over to see if I can to see if I can catch it. Because I, I talked my way through the station so when, did I, I, when I did my playthrough. I've done that opening playthrough like 16 times. I think I've only actually finished the game three. Yeah. So like it's a, you know what I mean? But again, I, I feel like part of the reason he doesn't really have much emotion throughout the entire game is that opening sequence, he gets choke slammed through a wall. I'm and then sure exploded his... and dies. Yeah, like but he his still... vocal cords are gone. When you're reading her email and shit, he still has the same monotone. Who's patient X? I'm not going to attempt it. I just tried it and I realized I can't do it right now. <laughs> but yeah, but, but that's why I think he doesn't have much emotional inflection. It's like he can still speak, but it's probably like it's computer assisted. Yeah. And yeah. he has, well, even, even if you take away that, that is a layer of fan theory that I am so down for control. <laughs> um, even if you take that away, I think that there is, a subtlety to the emotional inflection from the voice actor. It just my first playthrough, I didn't hear any of it, and he just sounded monotone and garbage. And I, to tie it back, so that Sedge doesn't think that we're hijacking this uh, part of the podcast to talk, you know, games. Um, <laughs> I'm just sitting here like twiddling my thumbs, like I didn't play more than five minutes of this game. I don't remember I, any of this. I have a similar fear feeling about Geralt's voice. I don't like you don't it. Like his gravelly voice. It, again, it hit me as monotone. Cool he's, sounding, well, but not that enough. A, he, yeah, that he is, is Geralt. Yeah, because yeah. he's not supposed to have emotion because he's a Witcher. But that is he a does thing. have emotion. Yeah, he he's not supposed to, and everyone thinks he doesn't, but he does. It's just muted. He, he doesn't know how to express it. it. <laughs> he doesn't I don't know. know. I, to me, emotion. it sounds like bad readings. I yeah. also realized my me trying to do Geralt's voice just sounds like Hiccup trying to do it. So, <laughs> so <laughs> another game. You guys for... were saying how a lot how girls were getting their boyfriends to, sound, to try to sound like Witchers. I don't uh, know. I think I'd try that too if I had a boyfriend. But no, Cause... for for other. Games... I hear that Cavill does a good job. Sorry, go ahead, control. <laughs> no, for other games that uh, do a poor job for, well, I would actually say that the player base dislikes a character for similar reasons where they feel like the character's monotone or one-dimensional. And this is a super throwback. Final Fantasy VIII. Is that the one with the laugh? No, that's ten. But oh, Final okay. Fantasy VIII had Squall, who was 
you know, tall, dark haired, kind of moody, was always kind of antisocial. Like he, he doesn't, he never likes talking to people. And everyone always took that as, oh yeah, he's just an emo kid. Like he's just being emo about everything. And it was like, no, he legitimately just doesn't want to be dealing with this shit. It's like, my job is to be a mercenary and you assholes are throwing me into this massive political fuck up. Like, I just want to, I just want to do jobs and make money. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't give a shit about your political bullshit. And I, I was actually kind of annoyed that they, I personally feel like it was kind of ham fisted, the romance stuff with Renoa. I think that's the right name. This is but... where my knowledge of Final <laughs> Fantasy VIII ends. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've never played a single one. Okay. I literally traded in Final Fantasy VII for Siphon Filter. Another game where the main character was misinterpreted, I I felt. But eight always had the, the larger volume of people that hated it. Yeah, because seven is supposed to be yeah. the gods that like sent from the gods to bless us with its greatness. For yeah, and it's only PS1 recently that I've been good. seeing people even talk about eight. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it, technically for both of them, then uh, the main character always comes off as I don't want to deal th- with this. This isn't really my problem. And the story will always unfold that actually they are directly linked to said problem but at the start of the game they get a lot of flack because everyone's like oh they're just they're moody they're emo they're you know just a little bitch and it's like no they're sitting there going why the hell am i why are you dragging me into this i don't want to deal with your crap yeah it reminds me of that robot chicken sketch where it's uh like little hitler in the classroom what <laughs> and no okay so there's a point to this <laughs> Because this, like, it's just him taking all the desks from the students, and you have America going, not my problem. And then Japan pushes over their milk, and now it's my problem. And that's <laughs> how I feel about Final Fantasy. Yeah. Like, Cloud and Squall are just like, it's not my problem. Then somebody directly fucks with them, and now it's my problem. Pretty much. that That is how, it, like, for Final Fantasy VII, it turns into, okay... The big bat, like this guy killed my entire hometown. I had mm. now, of course, they play the amnesia thing. It's like I had amnesia about my home. I didn't remember that it got destroyed. I suddenly remember it got destroyed, and that asshole did it. I'm gonna go get revenge now because he also just killed my girlfriend. And for eight, it was similar situation. Although they threw time travel into it at the very end, and that got real weird. So I'm not even going to try and break it down because that would be a whole different multi-hour podcast. I'm pretty sure it already exists, the breakdown of how the time travel works. Because it's like the big bad technically took care of the main cast of characters when they were kids at an orphanage. But due to the wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff, she became evil but was always evil. She's like the mage of the beginning and end, and she's trying to collapse all time into a singularity (laughs) and destroy everything. And so at the very end, you have to kill her. And she pretty much says, thank you for doing this. It's mm. like, okay, emotionally f- that works. But story-wise, what the shit just happened? Oh my God. It's, it so, is yeah. very confusing. But I, again, like up until, oh shit, what other game did I say was great until the last minute? Oh, right. Another Final Fantasy. I swear to God, every Final Fantasy, 90% of the game. Triple A quality. Last 
who fucking dropped the ball? Wasn't that the big problem people have with 15? It's like, wow, yes. this game's really good. Last chapter, like, what the fuck? 15, I I genuinely enjoyed everything until the last two chapters. Everything up until the last two chapters was like, this is great. Good job on the storytelling. Holy crap, that actually works as an emotional draw. And then you get to that last bit and you're like, huh? I actually like the gameplay. Yeah. Which is yeah. one thing I'm hoping up for the remake of Seven. Seven. Yes. Yeah. See, 15, I, I've tried three different Final Fantasies and one spinoff game. Um, Tactics for life. Oh, no, no. The spinoff game was basically Final Fantasy Does Devil May Cry. It was, uh, the fuck, Dirge of Cerberus? Oh, yeah, where you played as you played? Uh, Vincent. Yeah. So I like that one because I like Devil May Cry. Right. But, like, I've tried, um, I think I, no, I never tried seven. I tried ten, thirteen, <laughs> the demo for thirteen, oh, two, I'm, I'm and so fifteen. Sorry. Yeah, see, that's the thing. People keep, like, I, I know people who's like, oh, yeah, I tried thirteen, I didn't like it. Well, how far did you get? I don't know, a couple hours? Like, oh, no, 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 the game really gets good at thirty hours in. I, I would say nine I'm, hours. Nine hours in is when the game finally is like, oh, right, this is a Final Fantasy. It's supposed to be open world. That's the, too the long. The problem is yeah. it's oh, absolutely. Yeah, nine, nine hours of that, I'd be, I wouldn't have made it five. I would have been like, no, this is stupid. I'm done with this game. I'm going to go play something better. Also, I hated every single character in that game. Also true. <laughs> like They were you so had, paper thin. You had broody pink-haired chick number one. Yeah. Who... By Final Fantasy 13 2, or no, 3. <laughs> Whatever. That's it a was. confusing <laughs> numbering system. Literally had her emotions stripped out of her. Yeah. And then you had uh, her friend, the macho dude in a beanie and a trench snow? coat, who. Yeah, Snow. <laughs> whose entire personality is angry. Well, no, no. Or sad. He, he starts off as the super happy go lucky guy, then. His girlfriend, who is the main character's sister, turns into a crystal. So now he's like, fuck the whole system. I'm going to rage against the machine. And... I forgot about the turning into a crystal bit. Oh, and then don't forget Hope, who's the moody little child who lost all hope. And throughout the course of the game somehow finds his hope. Because, you know, what's in a name except everything about the character, I guess? I... Final yeah. Fantasy, basically TLDR. Uh, Final Fantasy Thirteen is dumb. Yeah, don't yeah. play it. If you so, want to uh, read a story, sorry, this is this is my last thing for Final Fantasy. The and th this will always be my personal favorite Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy Tactics, not Tactics Advance, not Tactics Advance Two. Final Fantasy Tactics: War of the Lions. It's medieval, has magic, so it's it's medieval fantasy. And it takes place during an actual war of the nations. You see the nations evolve and events transpire throughout the nations as you play as this mercenary group. Was that just mm. Final Fantasy does Fire Emblem? Uh, I never, I never kind of, okay. kind of. It's pretty but, beloved. Yeah, kind of, I, but better, I would say. I, I didn't, I could never get into Fire Emblem. That's fair. And now that I, they keep throwing Fire Emblem everywhere, like it's some sort of godsend, I'm... Oh my god. <laughs> we can get to that in the news section cuz oh boy. <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway, uh, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's how I felt fun. about that's how I felt about Witcher Three. What have you been playing, such? Yeah, we, <laughs> we were on Witcher. I'm sorry, Light. <sighs> oh man, do you have any other thoughts on Witcher? I know you're still pretty early do in I, the game. Do I have any other thoughts beyond I didn't like his voice at first? No. <laughs> Would you like to share your other thoughts on The Witcher? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 have, I have a couple things, and then... Uh, anyway, um, the game's kind of daunting to get into because it has such a fanfare around it. Yeah, uh, I, but... I was going to say, I'll agree with you, because when I, when I started that game, it was... <laughs> I, uh, you know, you get into the world and the world is immediately like super fleshed out. Yeah. And then you get into your first combat. I'm like, okay, this is more in depth than I expected for the tutorial. (laughs) Yeah. The tutorial, uh, the sticks are too sensitive on switch and I've, I've turned them down multiple times. Uh, I actually started the game four times before I started actually playing. Yeah, because you had that uh, crashing issue. No, that happened on my actual playthrough. Oh. Yeah, I was oh. I was many hours into the game when that started happening. Oof. It all fixed with an update, though. That's but, good. yeah. But uh, even on the combat tutorial, I was like, okay, it's a simple combat, but there's clearly some depth to it. I did fine at the beginning, and then I just got my ass kicked. And I've only recently, like, starting yesterday, getting the handle on combat the right way. And I still fuck up a lot. You know, (laughs) Sedge said that, but I was failing before I even had oil. Also, I've been using my oils for these... For two specific quests. One's a Witcher contract, and one's a secondary quest. And the the specter that I gotta fight is just too powerful, even though the mission itself is below my level. Are you... Which is another thing I didn't realize leveled missions happened, and I accidentally at level five walked into a level twenty mission. Oof. Yeah. I would also say know your weapon. That is always yeah. a big, like I I have had multiple times where I was like, why am I dealing crap damage to this thing? Oh, I'm using the wrong sword. I. Yeah, okay. Can I can I bring that up? Well, he auto pulls the sword for me. Oh. I haven't like they taught me how to sheathe and unsheathe each sword, and I thought that that was going to matter, but I I haven't had to worry about that yet. Oh. Why I'm sure there's some in lore reason for this. You'd think the monster killing sword would work on people. Work just fine against people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But apparently people are super immune to silver sharp things. So well, and one thing I I was thinking of is maybe it the silver blade is not necessarily as sharp. So it's not good against armored individuals. Yeah. Most humans have armor, whereas most of the beasts are flesh. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's fair. So the silver is technically burning as it's cutting through them. Not necessarily lightsaber style, but that type of idea. It's like it is yeah. it is cutting their very being, not necessarily slicing them. 
Yeah, it, it, plus the dual sword thing, I don't know. I just think it's a cool lore thing for this world. No, it's a but, super uh, cool lore thing. I'm just I'm just saying the con controls explanation actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> but the why you couldn't just sharpen the silver sword more, but <laughs> whatever. Because all I'll say now it's silver, it dulls faster. Yeah. All I will say about my brief experience with it, which is a total of like I think I've already put in like forty hours. Um but I'm very low level. I'm very early story. It, there's a that, reason that it, it has such hype. Agreed. I and, have questions about the time, but yes, you are correct. <laughs> well, because there's places to run around. He also yeah. kept restarting, and it technically calculates full Oh, that's... Time. Yeah, all right, fair. Yeah, I've got yeah, about 80 hours for start to finish, but at one point, I think I skipped a bunch of side missions or I misdid some of the side missions. So yeah, let me just say, I have, I've spent a good chunk of the game just, like, off of my horse, running around the entire map, picking up every flower. Which, it it has the same <laughs> issue as uh, Dragon's Age. Red, oh, I was going to say Red Dead, but yeah. Uh, Dragon's Age, where it's like, all right, welcome to Hinterlands. Or not Hinterlands, uh, shit, I can't remember the first, uh, the first region you get to in uh, Dragon Age 3. But it was like... All right, here's this really, 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 really. You could probably spend 20 hours here. And like one of the first reviews that came out, like it was like a player review said, do not do that. There is so much more to the game. Don't spend all your time here. Yeah, I think I think in one of our lost episodes, I brought up wanting to go back and play Inquisition. And you actually mentioned that to me. Yeah. Cause it's like, like, don't like just go through the starting area. Yep. But then See the other thing that's eaten up my time, the game has a really poor trade system. Like, it, explain. Like trying Wait, to haggle and say, shit. Okay, trade. I thought you said trait at first. No. Um, I will agree with that because I I got to the point where I was like, I have picked up twenty different swords. I'm literally just going to a blacksmith to sell them. So that I can have him smith me something world's better. Yeah, and I've come to this realization that, like... Because what I noticed was they sell you stuff. But, like, I sell a sword that's, you know, very rare. A uh, master class sword and does all kinds of damage. And he'll give me, like, nine gold for it. And then he sells a shitty sword that does, like, two damage more than what I'm carrying. And it costs, like, 499 yeah, yeah he's got to he's got to make those labor costs. Well, and that, um, that is something that you that that is a issue in most games with a vending system. I think. Yeah, but there's always a way to up your charisma and like, for example, I I'm never somebody who's perfect at bartering, but my brother is the type of person who like. By the time he reaches, like, level 10, he's a millionaire in-game and can sweet-talk his way through anything. And it's like, he always manages to get his bartering up and stuff like that. I don't know how, but I've never been able to reach that level. But this seemed unfair. What I have discovered is because I'm trying to play it like it's a Skyrim or a Fallout or another RPG like that. Whereas, don't pay attention to the swords that they sell. Just get them to dismantle the shit that you carry and craft a better one. Yep. It's way cheaper. Yeah. yeah. And and it took me a while to figure that system out. I'm still not there. I'm still buying shit. Um, 
And then the final thing I'll say is where my time has gone is uh, I got the handle on Gwent. Oh, God. Oh, no. Yeah. And so, put it this way. I had a thousand gold, and I was very happy to finally make it to that. I felt like king shit for once. And then I went and bought, like, a flower or two, and so I was down to, like, four gold. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, I was like, all right, I'm going to play some Gwent. And I got myself back up to a thousand gold Gwent just playing awesome. people in Gwent. Gwent is awesome. Yeah. So those are all my preliminary thoughts. Oh, good. I'm I'm glad you're enjoying it, and I look forward to hearing more as you get farther into the game. Yeah. And some like of the me. secondary bullshit quests all, turn out to have some great stories, too. Oh, yeah. They're super in-depth. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. every... Like, I mean, even, like, your most mundane little quest can turn out to have, like, I want my an insane fan. amount of lore. Yeah. Or you end up fighting a Leshen. <laughs> my frying pan it was taken by a army guy that wanted to scrub, scrub it clean for ink. Oh, yeah. I ran across that lady. There's, like, an item in that shed that, if you pick it up, you'll never be able to get rid of it. It's like a spyglass that apparently was supposed to be a cosplay for Geralt, but they never made it so you could put it on. So now huh. he can't drop it because it's technically a quest item, but there's no quest to complete it, so it's stuck there. Huh. Oh, oh that's that's funny. So there is a game I forgot to mention, but I think I forgot about it due to the holiday break we took. Okay. Oh yeah, that yeah, the week we missed. Desolate. Desolate, desolate. This is a indie game i came across i think i was randomly scrolling through like the steam sale stuff during the time frame it is basically i i don't want to call it russian fallout because it's not necessarily post-apocalypse and it's not necessarily um oh why am i blanking on the other one uh Oh, that's going to be in my brain. Oh my god, I feel like I know what you're talking about, and I'm blanking on it. <laughs> I swear, if you end up saying Stalker. the game that I'm actually thinking of. Yeah. It it has a feeling close to Stalker, but with more of a... Uh, I'd nope, actually say more of, a, of. more of a Fallout feel. Um, it is an interesting game. Uh, I did a stream for it, and was going through kind of the main quest... And it is interesting. Like the core story for it is basically you're teleported to an island. Some doctor did some experiment on this island and things kind of went sideways. Animals are mutating. People hear voices, you know. In the most colossal way. Pretty much. Um, there's weird gravitational anomalies. People are getting mutated. And you're pretty much a volunteer to go to this island like you you request to go to this island for uh for one reason or another and you go through this door and you just teleport there you just wake up on the island not fully sure how you got there but you're there now um i think i i put about three hours into it and the game is brutal like you have to eat you have to drink you have to worry about your heat and as I came to find out, limb damage. So I ended up getting, uh, I broke my hand at one point 
and I stopped, like my melee attacks started being ineffective. I broke my leg at one point. I had a concussion at one point. I had a broken rib, like a punctured, near punctured lung. And all of these things will affect your stats in different ways. And it's like, there are only a handful of items that can actually heal that damage. So I had a whole point, probably a solid half hour, where I had this broken rib and I just could not run because I had too much stuff on me, but it was all extremely useful stuff. Um, hmm. It is a interesting game and it's apparently multiplayer. You can have four players with you on this in this game. Uh, and it has PvP. So Yay. I saw that. I don't know how it works. <laughs> So I, I saw the co-op stuff and that made sense. And then I saw the PVP aspect and I was like, how would that work? The map is huge. Um, Easy. You bash each other until, the, until you break all the bones. Yes, but like, how do you, would you just join a random player's world? Do you spawn as a different player and hunt them down? Like that, that was what confused me about that aspect. But one of the, one of the mistakes I had made was I found this weird floating red light. I was like, that's interesting. I'll just go drop my stuff off. Eh, that's a long walk. I'm just going to investigate this. So I started walking towards it. And I appeared about four kilometers away from where I entered. Huh. Hmm. And then I got attacked. And that's when I broke the rib. Mm -hmm. Sounds And fun. I had no idea where any other outpost was in the region I was at. So I was like... I have to walk all the way back to where I just came from. Shit. <laughs> it definitely sounds like an interesting game, and I'm definitely not considering picking it up right now <laughs> at yeah. all. Uh, it, it was pretty cool. Um, sorry, but that yeah, that was something that we had missed during the holiday point. I right. I had one I have one thing I just wanted to add about Witcher Three on Switch, and then I'm done. Go for it. It's garbage looking. It looks like utter trash. Like it, it absolutely looks like shit. I am sorry. They um, they made it's okay. Like cutscenes and stuff are fine, absolutely fine. It's just like when you're actually in the open world playing that. Even, I I know that they did a lot of anti-aliasing post-processing. I just don't know where they did it. Like Geralt himself is just a series of blurred jaggies. So do you, do you think the uh, the gameplay is active render and the cutscenes are pre-rendered then? I think that I think that it's uh well one I know that they they coded to the like basically to the metal to get this game to run and they focused on the frame rate but I think it's because there's actually a delineation between rent, like pre-rendered and and in-game cutscenes. Right. So like pre-rendered cutscenes obviously look gorgeous. And then in-game cutscenes, there's a huge downgrade, like immediately noticeable. But I think because in-game cutscenes don't need to render a full world or have it at the ready, they cut out yeah, all they, the NPCs yeah. and all the yeah the and, surrounding, and it's just that one focused point. Yeah, but when you're actually playing, like Geralt himself doesn't blink. <laughs> that's oh. well that's oh, it, man. it's not something that any player should normally notice but i'm that weirdo who was like hmm this seems so degraded i wonder see, and then stood next no, to a wall and I mean, moved the camera see they were playing you... uh what is it deceit deceit they yeah that all the characters on the screen memory screen menu blinked in sync yep and oh. then we couldn't unsee it but we did find out why that happened 
because all the player timers for blinking would sync up when you'd join like when the lobby would load yeah and so if you changed your character it would desync that and your characters would blink out of sync but yeah when you all first load in it's just they everyone. all blink and sync and they all do this weird little head nod when they blink they don't just blink <laughs> they were all they like nod forward it's like huh stop all memory spider possessed yeah but the game does run well it keeps its 30 frames per second because that was their uh their goal that was their goal yeah. their goal was to make sure it never dipped you can actually unlock it and get up to 60 sometimes in certain areas but then it'll dip real low in others sometimes yeah. you can also uh <laughs> Uh, if you have a switch that can overclock, you can get a maximum of 720p in docked mode. But personally, I think that your switch would explode because it, it gets the system hot. <laughs> as is. I was about to say, at least it doesn't start the switch on fire. I, I, I is, believe that it give would. It a moment. <laughs> which, which is when they first announced, like, hey, we got The Witcher 3 to run on the switch. I was like, okay, well, that's going to brick every switch that it gets played on. Yeah, I think we all kind of knew it's a miracle to get it running, and and even that, even with all the shit I talk, it's still really good. Yeah, I mean, and you get to enjoy this game that people talk about now. Yeah, you know, but I feel like, like if I had played it on PS4 or God forbid PC before this, I probably wouldn't touch the Switch version. Oh no, that's basically <clears throat> where I'm at because I've played it on PS4 and PC. And I'm just like, nope, I'm just going to stick to my PC version because it looked pretty. Yeah. Uh, now are you actually going to finish that game anytime soon? Yes, I'm going to finish it. It's on the list. <laughs> How many of games current... are on that list? Uh, that's a, it, I don't want to answer that question. But speaking of what I've been playing this week, mm -hmm. um, I don't actually have that long of a list because I've also been joining Control in the Sea of Thieves train. Well, one of the fucked up things is Control and I just both mentioned two games. And we lasted this long. Yeah. <laughs> and now I feel like I won't be able to continue that on and I'm a failure as a podcast host. But anyway. I, I feel like Sea of Thieves, they've really messed up the spawn rates. I don't, I don't think so. Because I think they've just increased things so it's not as boring to travel around but it's not that it's boring is that in two days i've watched two streams yours and controls and you both right right you both ran into a storm which was followed by a kraken which was followed by a ghost ship in the middle of that kraken yeah that yeah you're you're not wrong <laughs> it was hell and i was solo was. like god damn it yeah at least when it happened to us we were on a we were either on a brig or a galleon we were on a galleon. Yeah, we were on a galleon, so it was manageable. <laughs> but the fact that it happened twice in yeah. two streams in two days seems like they messed up the spawn rate somewhere. I think that actually sank us, too, now that I think about it. Well, no, next, no, next we lived. We, next time we play, we'll have to see if it happens again, questions will fly. We'll just have to sail into the storm and see what happens. <laughs> oh, joy. Yeah, <laughs> that thing we all actively try to avoid sailing into. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to sail um, into it, you just got to follow it. Yeah. Uh so I, I've been playing that. I started a new playthrough of Doom. Actually just started that today, but I'm doing it on the next hardest difficulty from the last one, so I think I'm on Ultra Violence. Bit of the old the... Ultra Violence. Yeah. 
And it's our old oh. friend Ludwig Pan. Man, that uh <laughs> Oh, that game is therapeutic. It but it really is Excuse man me. literally too angry to die. Excuse me, guys. I need to go uh I need to go rip and tear for a bit to uh to relax. Hmm. Hmm. Gross. <laughs> uh but yeah, so I've been playing that and then yeah, that's really about it. I haven't been playing a whole lot of super interesting things this week that wow. I haven't gone into depth in depth on prior before. Right. Because, I mean, I could talk in depth about Doom for two hours, but I've done that twice. Give it a couple months, you'll just go in depth on uh, Doom Eternal. Oh, yeah. Once Doom Eternal comes out, I I will just... I'm just gonna mute you guys and just talk. <laughs> I'm I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, I do want to say I just double checked and it's only thirty hours I put in The Witcher so far. Hmm. Okay. Amateur. Uh, I yeah. just started. <laughs> uh, I think this is a good place to take a quick ad break. Yep. To check out some of our awesome podcasty friends, so potentially we'll be right back. Coffee. Yeah. We'll be right back in just a second here. Uh, check out these other podcasts from our awesome Next Wave podcast group. Go give them a listen and a follow, and we'll be right back. What's up, nerds? This is Rich, the host of the Three Fat Nerds podcast. I would like to invite you to check out our podcast. We have two shows every week, and both of our shows are about everything that is pop culture and nerdum. That's right. We talk about movies. We talk about comics. We talk about video games. We talk about role-playing games. We talk about Dungeons and & Dragons and so much more. You can find us anywhere you get podcasts just by searching Three Fat Nerds. Also, while you're at it, Go ahead and like our page on Facebook, 3 Fat Nerds Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at 3 Fat Nerds Pod. And of course, you can check out our website, 8122productions.com. Most importantly, I hope you enjoy the show. With that being said, there's only one thing left to say. That's later, nerds. Hey, I'm Lucas, the host of Wonder Soul, a weekly podcast series featuring a variety of topics dealing with life's many passions and experiences. Join me and friends each week as I discuss topics ranging from pop culture to real-life conversations that all can find relatable. New episodes bring new guests and new topics and release every Friday. More content can be found on Wondersoul's YouTube and Twitch channels. Stay up to date and connect with Wondersoul through social media by following us on Twitter and Instagram. And we hope that you enjoy Wondersoul wherever you listen to podcasts. So do good and take care. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you enjoyed those promos. Go check out those awesome shows. Yeah, those shows sound great. Yeah. They're they're cool people. I can I can vouch for them. Uh, we got a couple of bit. Oh fuck! I forgot to mention Kakarot. Shit. I uh I was quietly seething while you talked about Doom, waiting for you to bring it up. Way to uh, fail, God. Okay. Well, to be fair, I've only put like twenty minutes into the game so far, and fifteen that of was it was learning you... to fly. Oh my God! The flight control. Oh. Okay. So, in the first, like, 20 minutes of this game, you fight Piccolo. 
cool. And I didn't understand the flight controls in that, but I won the fight, thankfully. Though the fighting controls are, if you've played any DBZ games, Xenoverse, Budokai, whatever, any of the 3D games, Max it's one the same. button and win. Yeah, it's the same fighting controls. It, that, that hasn't changed. If you like that, you'll like this. Ugh. What pissed me off more than anything. So, after you do your weird little fishing quest with Gohan. Where you plug a tail into your butt? Yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah, the tail butt plug. Not, mm, no, not a fan. Hey, man, Goku's into what he's into. I, mm. No kink uh, shaming. I, I ain't kink shaming. I'm just... I was watching. He doesn't like the kiss, and he likes a tail shoved in his ass. <laughs> no. Oh God. Okay. Anyway, so after you do that, you get on the uh, the flying Nimbus, and um, you is... mean King Kong? Shut up. <laughs> wow, that was that was rude. I'm sorry. No, dude. Please, if you didn't tell me to shut up, it would have been bad. <laughs> So you get on the flying cloud thing, and I remember this from the show. It was very fluid and fast. It did look. It? This handles like Superman sixty four. Whoa, Ouch. whoa, 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 whoa! Superman sixty four, uh, sixty four had all right flying mechanic. Did we play the same game? No. I don't know. It <laughs> felt fine. It felt fine with the analog stick. The problem was that the entire game was flying through loops. And it had yeah. a shit frame rate. So, in the overworld, when you're on the flying Nimbus, you are collecting orbs that are at different heights. And you don't control them like you'd think you'd normally control a flying, you know? One controls your horizontal, the other stick controls your pitch. I no. wouldn't have thought that at all. Oh, because that's your standard flight controls. Why would you fly one... like a plane? In Dragon Ball. Why would you... You're flying. Why would you not fly like a plane? Because you're not a plane. You're a person. You only need one stick for that. Okay. Well, okay. Here's the thing. You're not a plane. So, you're a cloud. The right stick controls camera. Left stick controls your horizontal X and Y axis. Or X axis. The Y axis is controlled by the goddamn trigger and the right bumper. So you change elevation by trigger and uh. bumper. Yeah, it's so fucking stupid. Wait, like, uh, like Mirror's Edge? Huh? Mirror's huh? Edge doesn't have flying. It doesn't have flying, but it, one of the things that took, like, Mirror's Edge has a learning curve because you jump and duck with the trigger and bumper. See, but that and would so make this sense because those go, are actions. It, it eventually makes sense when you're playing it. But yeah, to be in a persistently moving forward through the air type of thing. Well, th that's the other thing. You're not persistently moving unless you're pushing the left stick forward like you're running. Ew! You're just, you're just floating in the air. I really wanted to play devil's advocate here. Yeah, and that, that's the it. thing. Like, any game I've played with flying, and actually, hell, I'm, I'm going to bring this back to my default of glory, glorious games, Warframe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, just... The left stick controls forward, back, left, right. The right stick, if you're playing on console with thumbsticks, controls the way you're looking, which is 
wherever I'm looking, if I push forward on the left stick is where I'm going. So your camera orientation controls your elevation. And then mm -hmm. if you want to go just really up cool. or down, you would use X and uh, B. Although, yeah, wait, wait, no. Probably A and X. Yeah, A and X. No, wait. Where's A my and Y or X and triangle? A and B, actually. Uh, okay, but even still, that makes sense because that's jump and crouch. crouch. Yeah, exactly. Jump and crouch would control your elevation for up and down. Unless you're in space where it gets all wonky. Okay, it's... but for Dragon Ball, and 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 this is how it worked in uh, even in like Xenoverse and stuff. But like, you should be either moving forward or you press a button that moves you forward. I don't know why you'd have to because you're always flying forward. Do you know what I mean? Moving forward yeah. and the left stick moves your character up, down, left, right. That's it. Well, and yeah. that's how it works in a fight. Like if you're fighting, if yeah. I think if you're fighting an opponent, but that was how they did it in, uh, like in pretty much in every Dragon Ball Fighter game, Budokai, Xenoverse. Yeah, like but, I said, if if you've played Xenoverse or Budokai, you will be familiar with the fighting controls. Yeah, but yeah, but the open world movement is apparently garbage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh God, is it bad? Plus, I'm actually. The... It's funny that you would bring that up too, because flying on Nimbus is the one thing I have not seen a clip of. And I can tell you why. And when, when you look at the controls, even whenever they were demoing the game, and the people were flying with Goku alone, flying with Piccolo to go get Raditz at the very beginning, uh, those controls, they seemed similar to what I just named. Except you had a boost button. They, I, I haven't done that yet, so we'll see what happens when I get there. Like I said, I... Well, no, I, I get just... that. What I'm saying is it's crazy to think that Nimbus might have different controls than the rest when it's the same concept. Yeah. I, I hope that it's just the Nimbus that controls like ass, because if all the flight controls like this, I'm I'm going to have a problem. <laughs> but as I as I was telling Twy before recording, Twy and Control before recording, I will beat this game out of spite at that point. <laughs> I can't believe you even went out and got the game. I actually enjoy, like, the anime fighting games. Like, I really like the Naruto... This is made by the Naruto people. Yeah, I know. that. I love those games. One, because I think they're really good, well-done fighters. Hmm. Even if it is just mash one button and win. <laughs> mash two buttons because you have to dodge. But Yeah, the, uh, apparently dodging in this game uh, adds a layer of complexity that once you get the hang of it, the combat's kind of deep. That's, I mean, that's good. I mean, it's the same thing with the Naruto games. Excuse me while I, uh, substitution I teleport. Yeah. Um, but I really like those games, and especially as somebody who's never, I, I never got super into Dragon Ball as a kid. That, that's why I'm saying I'm shocked that you got this game, because you're not in, you're not really into DBZ, and we knew that this was a bad game. Hang on. I'm not in a Naruto either. I like these games because I can play the stories that you guys always talk about and understand it without having to watch 85 out, you know, 112 hours of TV. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I'd advocate for just watching DBZ Kai, but yeah, I get well, what you're saying. Just get it all in 11 hours. Plus, 
if the fighting's good, I can deal with that. Like, I I had a lot of fun in the Piccolo fight, so I'm just going to keep trucking along with it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we ever knew the game was bad. I think we knew the flight controls were jank, but... No, I... Since this game was announced, I knew it was going to be, like, a classic 7 out of 10 Dragon Ball game. See, but that's fine, because one of the things I've been advocating for recently... We need more, like, 6 and 7 games... Uh, as as weird to seven as, and eight. as we well no I'll give I'll give it to six as well I'll, six point five. Okay. Because we need those mid tier games, the games that aren't your hyper triple yeah your double A titles. Those are what makes console libraries so vibrant. Like some of my favorite games from the PS2 era are double A titles. I feel like you've owned God Hand. I own I... God Hand. I have owned God Hand. I still own a copy of God Hand. Uh, there is no shame in that. Yeah, no. Not don't at tell all. me you don't like a ball buster. <laughs> I, I've never played. I have, it. Oh my I have god! Owned god Hand. I owned Kill Switch. I don't. Own I own Kill Switch. Kill Switch was like the first tactical shooter I played next mm. to Soap. Kill Switch is why I played the first Gears. Huh. Okay. Fair enough. I feel bad. Most of my uh, PS2 library that I can recall off the top of my head are SMT games. If you don't know SMT, Shimigami Tensei. Oh, oh, dude! I just kept saying shake my titties. No, I, I... the man who creates the longest game titles ever, such as yeah. Shimigami Tensei, Raido Kuzunoha versus the Soulless Army. Isn't Thank that also read... Persona? Thank you for reading me that book. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is also so like Persona. Shin Megami Tensei Persona Four Golden. Um, technically, Persona, while it does take place in the universe of SMT, is not part of the SMT. But it's in the title, right? No, no, it is just Persona. Uh -huh. um, SMT was reserved for uh, Raido Kusunoha, or well, sorry, it was Devil Summoner Raido Kusunoha versus the Solus Army. Uh, but it's that, the Digital Devil Saga, Nocturne, and I believe the original two Persona games had ah, okay. the, the full link to the Shin Megami Tensei universe. Yeah, but with Persona 3, they dropped that. And... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All great games, especially for the standard JRPG feel. Um, if you're a nihilist, go play Nocturne. If you like Japanese school animes, go play not Persona 1 and 2 because Jesus Christ, are they dark. Uh, go with 3 and after. <laughs> okay, I once heard Persona described as Pokemon, but you're collecting souls instead of monsters. For 3 and yeah. after, yes. Yeah. For 1 and 2, they put a lot more focus on the dark aspect. Like, one of the characters is gay like closet gay and they're coming to terms with that. Like one of the guys is suicidal. Like all of the themes in one and two were super dark. And then three, four and five, they had the undertone still there where it was like, here's a like societal construct that is really causing an issue. And these are the kids dealing with said issue in their own ways at least for four and five, three was kind of the middle ground where they still had a lot more of the fantasy aspect. Um, lots of story in all of them. 
all the characters are very vibrant and well done. Um, if if you like character development games where as you play the game, you discover more and more about each of the player, like each of the characters in your party, they are perfect. Plus the art style is goddamn beautiful. Yes. And the soundtrack, especially for Persona 5. Although be, be careful of Mara. Okay. <laughs> I have nothing to say about any of those games. I'm not a JRPG person. Come at me, internet. I don't care. Yeah, it's it's um, not for everyone. Yeah, I think that they're all terrible. Hell, I've um, only beaten half of them. But I will to be say fair, most of them are like two like hundred hour games. <laughs> yeah. Persona has an amazing UI that manages to be as complex as any other game from Japan and yet completely readable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And very accessible. Like it you yeah. never you never feel lost. Yeah. While you're playing it. There and that that even goes beyond like there is so much to do in any of the Persona games because one of the things to get stronger demons, you have to develop your social links. So while you're playing the game, it's like, okay, you went to school in the daytime. What do you do for your afternoon activity? Uh, I go and join the track club. Cool. That ranks up this social link. What do you do with your uh, mid-evening? Uh, like I go and talk novel. to this person. And that ranks up your social link with that person, which ranks up the demons you can get that associate with that uh, with that link. Um, and the links are all based on the prime tarot's. So the not to fool... out myself as a pervert when I was a teenager, but it sounds like uh, Newgrounds visual novels I played. To be fair, um, you don't... you're not far off. Just take out the tits. Yeah. Well. Don't don't remove them well, entirely, probably... but cover them up. Yeah, it's probably yeah. best if we're in high school. <laughs> I don't Actually, completely... in Persona Five, you can get your teacher as a maid at one point. So, how does Kakarot compare to getting your teacher as a maid? <laughs> you know what? I can't compare it to that because I feel like I feel Persona Five <sighs> is an infinitely better game. So, look, there's a there's a piece of Kakarot. Matt, that... you know that was a, a sentence. <laughs> There, there's there's a piece of the Kakarot game that is related to the old school filler. Um, and it, it would be about 75% in if we count every baddie as a chapter, whatever. Garlic Jr.? No, Cell. Uh, but anyway, there's this moment, and I don't know how I don't know how easy or hard it is to find in the game. I don't know if it's something that you'll just do as part of the main quest. Or if you got to seek it out as like a side quest, but there's something you must do in this game, and that is get Goku's driver's license. Oh god. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I what? will let you know when I have got when I have progressed far enough to get Goku's driver's license. As far as cars? I know. Yeah. Bitch. Now I, I haven't looked into it a lot, but as far as I know, it's literally the only moment in the entire game where you drive a car. <laughs> I. I'm pretty sure that was the only moment in the entire show where Goku drove a car. I just feel like drive is drive very anywhere. liberal. <laughs> I just feel like Goku wanted to drive anywhere. He'd sooner just pick up the car and take it with him. Well, no, that was his argument drives. to Chi Chi was that they could fly. Yeah. <laughs> but he and Piccolo both 
<laughs> and Chi Chi's oh, yeah. had to go get there. Oh god, like, that filler Piccolo episode was ridiculous. <laughs> I I just have to go find that filler episode because that sounds hilarious. Um, it is. Re- unrelated to DBZ though, I just remembered a game that I need to go. Uh, I need to play again because it was really interesting. Oh yeah, psyops, was... the Mindgate conspiracy. Everybody have good. that. I have that still. <laughs> I haven't played it yet. You fuck. Um, is, no, does it, it start J- with a T? No, it was a JRPG type game from for PS4. I think it was called Nightmare or something. Well, uh, give me, give I, me, let's see. PS4? It, yeah, basically it was um, you build intricate traps to kill people. Oh, no. Um, that you is know, actually the, based on another game called Rule of Rose. No, think, guys, okay, you're thinking of Night Trap. But you know the game I'm talking about, Sorry, right? Sorry, not, not Rule of Rose. Yes, I do. They had a they had a Vita version of the game. Yeah, I see. I have the PS4 version of it. Okay, and it's super fun and super difficult. Yeah, and the whole premise is like you're trying to defend this character, but this character is also like the reincarnation, basically, of evil. And yep. these are people trying to kill you Mom? because you are, and you basically, you have control over this castle that they're assaulting, and you set up traps within the castle to kill them. And you try and kill in... them in the most interesting way, or malicious way, a la, um, let's see. Throwing, throwing them into a giant fan. I mean, for starters. Um, uh, there's actually... All- a reverse tower defense game made by Adult Swim for mobile where you're setting up traps as heroes come to try and save a princess. I think I've actually seen that one. Yeah, you guys just reminded me of it. I can't think of the name off the top of my head, and I don't feel like looking for it, but it's genuinely one of those games that you should have on your phone. Uh, it's not Death Trap. It's not Deception. Ugh. It's going to be on It's gonna be on my mind. Um, I'll I'll look it up really quick. Um, strategy. I mean, I, RPG, Castle Doom Slayer is mine, by the way. I just remembered it. Okay, but the one thing I really love about this game is, apart from the fact that you know you're playing as the incarnation of evil, and that apparently means the least amount of clothes possible, hmm. while still being yes, it is deception. Sorry, I is I just deception? pulled it up, and okay, you are a you are one of two scantily clad women, basically setting up this tower full of traps but i love the timing aspect of it because like you can launch somebody off a ramp into a swinging uh like pendulum to knock them into another thing into a cannon which shoots them up which hits them onto a bed of spikes and then into the bowl of uh, i'm blanking it's a greek torture mechanism where you throw someone into a metal bowl and then oh into the brazen bowl yeah the brazen bowl yeah or you throw them into a furnace or a giant fan or electrocute them it's a really messed up game but it is but it's super fun (laughs) that sounds awesome but you know what else it sounds like some shit i'll never pull off yeah see that's the thing i've seen people play it and they pull off these like because it essentially works like a fighting game. It's a combo system. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's the thing. Off... it's actually very accessible. You you say you'd never pull these off. 
I mean, I as I said, I have a I have I think the third one came out on Vita and I have yeah. that. And the first time I a couple times I played, I was like, how the hell do you combo all this shit off? You start realizing like, okay, this trap would push them this direction. This trap does this to them. And you oh, I you, get just, that. you just design it and it's like I just th I threw this guy literally across the room trap by trap and if he tries to go that way again there's a whole different set of traps now waiting for him exactly it's just our discussion of jrpgs made me think of that and it's just one of those games i'm like i need to go back and play that because that was fun as shit <laughs> if, especially i mean apart from being one of the most brutal games i've ever played it actually wasn't like, that bloody, though. Like, no, all of, all of it would get still, covered up. It's still brutal, though. Oh, yeah, because you know what's happening to him. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, in, in the realm of things, I just imagine that type of game, but with Mad World's art style. Oh, Lord. Yeah, imagine that. That would get rated A very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Just by the time they finish the trap, they'd just be a limbless corpse. Sounds about right. Yeah. There was a point to that, but <laughs> I don't know. I just wanted to bring it up. <laughs> um, We got a couple little bits of news here just to wrap up the episode. Uh, Mainly just some delays. So everything Cyberpunk is delayed. It's all a bunch yeah. of pointless delays, like a hallway full of balloons. <laughs> Cyberpunk got delayed till September. Um, the game is playable, like fully finished and playable. They just want to polish it up. Always nice. And make, and make it the best it can be, which, okay, good for you guys. Make sure you release us the best product you can. Problem is, they've also said that to do that, they've had... they allegedly will have to push their developers to work longer work weeks. Ugh. So, oh, allegedly, allegedly. I know, allegedly. but if you ever if you've ever heard the higher-ups from oh, CD Projekt Red talk about crunch. Like I know. They they look at crunch like it's a good thing. I am covering our asses. The crunchy. But yeah, so while good, you're delaying the game to make sure it's the best it can be. If you're doing it that way, just delay it a little longer. Yeah, I mean, we all believe in you. Yeah. I mean, you guys made The Witcher. You you don't... We, we know what you're capable of. Just take your time and do it. Remember your developers uh, are people, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dying Light also... Dying Light 2 also got delayed, and that got delayed without a known release date. I'm worried about that one. I think it'll be... I don't think it's going like, to pull a skull and bones. Well, I like a lot of their... I like the the people that they brought onto the team. Yeah. But Techland has a history of releasing janky shit. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like they're another uh, Obsidian-type developer where I believe in them, but I also know that they need a lot of time to polish. Yeah, I mean, look at the, look at Dead Island, janky yep. as fuck. Dying but, Light One, better, but still janky. I think didn't no, Jaeger was 
Spec Ops the line was Jaeger, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. I never That's played that one. I still want to play it. It's uh I played I think I like think it's been it. spoiled for me, but I still want to play it. I mean, you should still play it. It's still a good like it's a it's one of those mediocre games that's actually really good. I but I put that as like an eight out of ten. Yeah, no, I, I'd agree with that. I, like I've played it. It's a very interesting game. It's your generic third person mil sh military shooter. And uh, ten out of ten for story. Fuck, at least it's better than SOCOM Four. I will never not be salty about SOCOM Four. The gamers, the YouTube channel that I recommended months ago, maybe almost a year at this point. They uh they did a real good deep dive on the history of SOCOM, the rise and fall. Yeah, I'll I'll have to go back and find that. Do an entire deep dive on that. Holy shit. <laughs> um. Anyway, so yeah, those two are the major delays that I know about. I feel like there's one I'm missing. I mean, there's uh, what's a ready? laundry list. Which one, light? It was was Resi? Is there there's a Capcom or a Squeenix game that's been delayed? Oh yeah. Oh god, what the hell was the Squeenix game? Oh, Final Fantasy. Got delayed again. Yeah. Final Fantasy 7 got delayed. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, there there's been a bunch of games to be that fair. Got delayed. I'm also okay with those delays though cuz that means my March and April are much more free. Yeah. Also, um, the fuck is a delay for Final Fantasy VII at this point? It's been over a decade. Yep. Yeah, which but is why I'm worried about Final Fantasy. I'm worried about the remake because it's. I'm not. Been over it. I am because I know what happened with Duke Nukem. No, this is a different scenario. Plus, Randy Pitchford is not involved at all. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> but yeah. Um. Well, no, the other Squeenix one was Marvel's Avengers. Oh yeah. There right. we go. Okay. That's the one. Yeah, Marvel's Avengers. Um actually, so I just pulled up a list. I'm a I'm a go down this list. I think these are kind of the top ones. Ooh. So Cyberpunk. Mm hmm Skull and Bones. Yeah. Animal Crossing. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh got let's see, because it was supposed to, technically this is from last year. It was supposed to come out in June of 2019 and it got pushed back oh, to march of this of 2020 year. yeah, yeah. I, I remember that i was about to say i just looked it was coming out in march i didn't yeah. know it got pushed back again uh doom eternal as we yep. heard uh last of us part two yep pushed mm. till may from its february release date oh that's right that's right uh watchdogs which was supposed to be october um, I and still then think also that that game shifted is to ambitious. January, and now it's just kind of question mark. Yep. Well, that's um, the thing with so. Hang on. Yep. You brought up Skull and Bones as well. Yeah. Skull and Bones is another one that got announced like well, what four years May. ago now. It was supposed to be yeah, launched it, May of last year. And now it's supposed to be yeah. launched sometime in March of this year. No, it got pushed back to 2021. Did it? It got another delay. Oh, okay. It doesn't like, even mention that. In wow. Well, okay. it sounds like you're reading an older article. Uh, well. Posted January 21st. Oh, okay. So, so it's not that old. Yeah. Th I think they're they're doing kind of a catalog of all yeah. of these, these games that are coming out this year that were like, what were their original dates type okay. of thing? Because um, yeah. they also mentioned Last of Us the, Part 2. The, pro the problem with Skull and Bones is it's been delayed so many times now. 
and we haven't seen anything on it. Like nothing, nothing from Ubisoft on it, apart from the delay announcements. Legion, I think that one's just getting delayed because that is a ridiculously ambitious project. Yeah, just a smidge. I I'm worried that those two games will never actually see the light of day, at least not in the form they were originally promised. Yeah. Skull and Bones has been at least known about, maybe not announced, but at least known about since Black Flag. Yeah. No. And apparently there's actually a couple of different things that got uh, delayed by Ubisoft. Um, oh, yeah, because didn't Rainbow Six Outbreak get quarantine. delayed? Rainbow oh, Six yeah, quarantine. quarantine and Gods and Monsters. Yeah, oh, the Zelda right. ripoff. Yeah, the, the Greek yeah. Zelda, basically. Um Our- I remember hearing about that delay. The Iron Man VR got, uh, I mean, that was supposed to be apparently March. It got announced in March of 2019. And it was supposed to come out at the end of 2019. However, it's supposed to be coming out now, May of this year. And then, yeah, Dying Light, as we talked about. What's that? Uh, Can Quest handle that? Do you know? Uh, Off the top of my head, I do not know. I would presume yes, because um, be Quest, Quest is supposed to be able to handle. I think it's supposed to be like ninety percent of the VR library. Oh, okay. Uh, it's supposed to be just a. It it is a standalone. Now the thing about it is that I believe it uses an internal chipset, so it's all based mm-hmm. on how much can you store. Right. So you're you're going to be plugging it in. Or, you know, wirelessly, however it's set up to... By the way, I don't know if I mentioned it, but them coming up with that pass-through cable was genius. Yeah. Because you get your foot in the door with the Quest, and then you're like, okay, maybe I could take this to the next level. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, those are the the major ones. I know Square Enix... Shit, I had read over their pushback. And that's the thing. Final Fantasy VII was a month pushback. Yeah. Which could have been for any number of reasons. It could be, hey, you know, some of the translation stuff is a little fucky, so we're going to fix that, or we want to make the lip syncing from Japanese to American or American to Japanese more fluid, whatever. Yeah, Like, a a month-long delay is not that bad for a polish. If we're, like, if they said, hey, we're pushing back Final Fantasy VII for another year then I'd start yeah. being worried. Then I'd be like, yeah. oh, what the fuck just happened here? Um, I mean, that that would pretty much warrant an entire dev change. Yeah. Um, but Marvel, let's see, I think it was supposed to be May of this year. That did get pushed back to September. Mm. So, that's a little more than Polish. Yeah, that, that is a bit more. You know what Polish. that tells me? Online infrastructure. Mm. Possibly. I still don't know enough about the game to care. Yeah. I'm I'm like they they've put out a couple of things but it's like what are you? Yeah. Once they once they tell me what it is, then I might be like, "Okay, you got my Yeah, it's weird. The the more they reveal and talk about it as a single player experience, it sounds great. And then every time they start talking about like how the multiplayer works in it, it's just like, "I'm what <laughs> Yeah, I'm confused now. We we don't understand what you're doing here, Squeenix. Yep. This is going to be great. This is going to revolutionize gaming, or it's going <laughs> to fall so flat on its face. 
Yep. I'm at this point I'm going for the latter. And then but... as we discussed, Dying Light 2, which got yeah. bumped out of its spring release, and now they are in question mark zone. Yeah, which is a shame. I, I, I feel like this shouldn't have had so many pushbacks. I don't think it should have taken five years to make a sequel. No, I don't think so either, but you know Wait, we don't for what, know what... Last of Us? No, for no, Dying, Dying Light. Light. Mm. I told you, I, I'm kind of worried, man. I mean... It, if it was a different developer, it'd be a different story, but this is a game that clearly had a restart before they brought on Chris Avalon. And then you take the ambition of Chris Avalon and the ambition of uh, Techland, but the fact that they Chris Avalon comes from Obsidian and Techland also seems to have jank, I'm a little worried. Still excited. It'll... It'll be yeah. I I've I've always been excited for Dying Light. Actually, another game that's missing in the zombie realm, uh, Dead Island Two. Yeah. Oh God, that one's just in development nightmare hell. Yeah. That that Boot one's Silver well, that is one's very in... upset that they got the IP and not the developer. I bet. Yeah, yeah. they are, they are in true limbo right now, yeah, and that yeah. that is a shame because a lot of people kind of ripped on Dead Island. I enjoyed Dead Island. It was fun. It was stupid. Like, and some of the characters were ridiculous, but I, I enjoyed Plus, it. Plus, it had one of the best intro songs ever. Who do you voodoo, bitch? <laughs> who do you yeah. who do voodoo, bitch? Yeah, but when you go from that amazing trailer that they dropped to who do yeah. you voodoo, bitch? Well, that and that's what a lot of people didn't like about Dead Islands. Like, they they set the entire wrong tone with the marketing yeah. for that, that game. It's the same thing that Halo phenomenal. 5 did. Well, and then they you set... see uh, the the marketing they did for Dead Island Two, with "I'm the bomb." Yeah, that trailer was hilarious. Yeah, like I I look for like if they if they can bring that more like serious comedic vibe, I'd be all for it. I agree, but I think that's a uh, a good place to wrap oh, it wait, up. Oh wait, wait, I got I got some things to say. Oh boy. I I brought some stuff, so I'll be quick though. Um, so Horizon Zero Dawn—that's the name coming to PC. Yeah, it's coming to yeah. PC. It's yep. coming to PC. It's not the only uh PlayStation exclusive that Sony's bringing to PC. Another thing I learned was PlayStation Now's been accessible through PC for a while. Yeah. Oh, if it's in the lip sync, I it's a think it's that... their concession. I think I think this is their concession for uh, cross-plat. Well, fixing the lip sync, that's all I care about. I didn't really see much of an issue with the lip sync on PS4. I'm lost. I never even played the game. It's a great game. Yeah. If you ever get the chance, try to get on it. It's a great game. I didn't, yeah, I didn't notice any issues with the lip syncing either. But anyway, uh, there's a few more titles that are going to be coming to uh, PC. There's even a rumor that uh, Last of Us 2 will be. I can okay. see it. And again, yeah. we again, I think it's Sony's concession for crossplay. Well, I'm I'm getting to that. So what I actually think is I'm wondering if we're seeing I wonder if Sony's roadmap is now matching up a bit to what we've been predicting Microsoft's. What do you mean? Uh that PlayStation is a uh platform ambiguous, you know, thing. I can't I say platform at that point. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think I, they're going to try and bring I back the... I don't know. The, uh... You figure that they're, they're pushing on streaming too, and, and as we've discussed before, 
you can make way more money if somebody is paying you $15 for eternity to play on any device than just a single lump sum one. I suppose, yeah. I I can see it, but I don't be- I I do not believe that is the path that they are going to choose currently. Sometime in the future maybe, but right now I don't believe so. Well, it's okay, that's actually a really interesting point that you brought it up that way cuz what I was going to say is I think that they're on that path, but knowing how Sony does things, like they never make an ambitious step. They they make ambitious half steps if that makes sense yeah and so i could see them dipping their toes in the water for it by offering pc exclusives and and slowly rolling playstation now across you know a myriad of systems maybe keeping to sony uh products in other areas but not going the full Microsoft yet because they don't feel desperate. Like, I feel like the only reason Microsoft is doing it the way they are is because they are desperate. Um, yeah, well, because they know that they lost this war. Yeah. They lost and, this battle in the war. But then and everybody else made... in the industry knows that their plans for the future would definitely win it. That ends the war. Cause yeah. Because it ends the console exclusivity thing. Like, what Microsoft is doing with their new console is essentially bringing everybody into the PC gaming world. Yeah, and I think I think that's Microsoft's end goal, mm-hmm. is getting to the point of either you are only renting a console from us, or you play all of our stuff through PC. I You're disagree still with running that. I on think... a Microsoft system. You're still no, the... paying Microsoft. Yeah. The end one there, you're still paying Microsoft, yes. But I don't think it's about getting everybody to a PC. It's about getting into the living room of everybody, regardless of device. Yeah, well, no, that's, that, that's why I'm saying. You either, you're, you're renting like, the capability with, like, yeah. the, they're, yeah, they're, they're working towards, yes, I agree, they're trying to get into every household through every device, but they're doing that through any me- method possible. Every person, like, I don't know many households that don't have some form of personal computer. So yeah. being able to- Well, I don't. As I said, not many. But then at the same hand, you also, you do have a Xbox system. And you are intrigued by this leasing Xbox system idea. Yeah, I like that. that that's kind of what they're going for. It's like, you don't have a piece, you don't have a personal computer, but you could still get- our full library through this. Yes. And, and I, so I, I think that the I think future I think the future with Xbox is you can play Xbox on I do think that they are trying to smooth over Nintendo to have an Xbox app on the Switch for uh, eventually streaming Xbox. I don't even think they need to smooth them. I think that's already in the works. Some like, people that's... think some people think that that'll never happen. I know that you and I think that that's where they're going. I think but, it's where uh, they're, they, they have hope to do so. Yeah. But then also they're targeting, you know, Chromecasts. They're targeting mobile market. They're targeting et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I just, I'm curious with the new Sony moves, if they're going to try to do that and knowing Sony and knowing how they handle things, it'd just be interesting to see how they go about it because the PlayStation phone was a good idea, but they dropped it immediately. The Vita was a good idea, but they dropped it immediately. PSVR is only continued support because it's the most successful VR uh, system. Yeah. Because it's the most affordable out of all of them. 
Exactly. Something they didn't think about with Vita. My final thing. I'm not going in depth on this. We don't have to have conversation for this. But I have a series of rumored game announcements to make that I think will come out this year or very soon. Come out or be announced? For some of them, I just it seems weird if they don't come out until next year. Like, I see these dropping before the next generation of consoles do. Assuming that this next generation of consoles even drops like a standard generation and not like another half-step. All right, well, let's hear them. Okay, so, uh, not to sound like a broken record, but Metroid Prime Trilogy. I, I mean, uh, that's just a re-release at that point. Yeah. Some of these are. I wouldn't... Um, I'd classify those as something else then entirely, but continue. Okay. Um, a uh, uh, Mass Effect trilogy. And I've on that one... Rumors of that and a new Mass Effect. I've heard both rumors. Now, I know that Ubisoft... Or, yeah, wait. We're, Bioware. I know they're working on a new Mass Effect. But I think that even though EA hasn't shown me that they're willing to do it, I think that they're going to do a trilogy just to try to keep it get the IP in the zeitgeist again. Um, in my pure dream, too, they're a combination of all three games. All of them run the same engine. Uh, Fable, Announcement, and Splinter Cell. That's it. I tentatively hopeful on Mass Effect. I've heard the same rumors. Uh, Fable can burn in a dumpster fire after all the disappointment Fable has given us in the past. Splinter Aww. Cell, if they can get back to their golden years, great on Splinter them. I'd love to see Splinter it. Splinter Cell's been teasing too much over the years. I don't think so. And uh, Metroid Trilogy, the re a remake of the Metroid Trilogy, that'd be fantastic for the Metroid Prime Trilogy. I, I would be game for that. I know that there haven't been hints, but I, I truly think the... Uh, uh, Prime Trilogy HD is definitely on the way because it's something to drop to get people hyped for 4. Yeah, if 4 ever gets yeah, but, back up off the ground. But we need to know when 4's coming. I, I think at, once 4 gets its solid release date and we've seen gameplay, people, they will release a trilogy so people understand. Hmm. That is, that is what I think. Yeah. I think... This is going to be the boldest one here. I think that the Metroid Prime Trilogy gets announced at the official Nintendo Direct. Whatever the next one is. I mean, they can announce whatever they want if it's Nintendo. If it's if it, it's their show. And yeah. I, I think they if they do that, I think the only way they would do that, make an announcement like that with one of their primary IPs, is if... Sony or Microsoft make a similar announcement for either a new IP or a major IP that they own. Like if Sony came out and said, hey, here's our unveiling of the next God of War. Hmm. He, you know, if Microsoft came out and said, here is actual gameplay of Halo Infinite. Like something we should be groundbreaking getting that, that literally just shakes the entire sch schema of what is going on in the gaming world right now. 
Okay, that if will they be do that. Then I think Nintendo would be like, "Hey, Metroid Prime Four is not dead. It is on the way. Here is proof." Let that be our bet then, because when I say the next Nintendo Direct, I'm assuming that they have one in March. I don't I know. I don't follow the, Nintendo. I say at the latest, we see it at E3. Cool. Or GDC. So I say March, you say E3 or GDC, and, and Control says not unless they have to. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see how we, we do on that one. But that is a good place to wrap. <laughs> a little bit Holy overall. God damn. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> you know, I find it funny. We started off saying, yeah, we, there's not much news to really talk about. And we, boom, just kept going. Yeah. <laughs> So mm -hmm. thank you for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this extra long episode this week. Uh, you can find our show where you're listening to it now. If you would like to help us out, go leave us a review on iTunes, Podchase, or wherever you can leave reviews. It helps people find the show and helps us get noticed. Also, go follow us on our social media at Gaming Casual Pod on Twitter, uh, the Gaming Casual uh, facebook.com slash gaming casual podcast you can follow me personally at sedge underscore gaming and control you can find me on twitter at freak control you can find me on twitch at twitch.tv slash control freak otherwise you can find me on facebook.com slash zguru review where much like we do here i talk about things for way too long that interest me throughout the week like and you can find me running through the woods picking up every possible flower even though i don't brew anything with them all right uh th thanks for listening everybody and we'll see you next week bye, -bye. good night